sweet friend. This is Deeper Life, and I'm your host, Alexis Teichmiller. I'm a writer, content creator, and a woman on a journey to finding more depth in life. If you crave soul-filling conversations and long for a stronger connection to yourself and others, consider this your safe haven. It can be hard to embrace who we are, let alone share that with the rest of the world. The Deeper Life Podcast is a safe place to show up and hear conversations about relationships, emotional growth, and explore what it means to be vulnerable. If you're ready to dig deeper, I'm here to help you embrace who you are, reflect on your past, and connect with yourself. Welcome to A Deeper Life. Hey there, friend. Welcome back to another episode of The Deeper Life. It's me, your host, Alexis, and I am truly like stoked for this episode with my friend Vanessa Darby. She has this infectious energy about her, this like calm spirit. I love the way that she views the world and have learned so much from her over the past three years of our friendship, not only in my personal and spiritual life, but also from a business perspective. She has taught me so much and has already helped me a lot with the deeper life business. And she's like, you know, those people that you have on speed dial and you're like, I'm going to call her. I'm going to, I'm going to check in. I want to see what she thinks. Vanessa has definitely been such a go-to for me. And I knew that I needed to have her on the podcast for a lot of reasons, but I just love her her steadiness. She has this way of just being really trusting and confident in herself. And we definitely dig into that on today's episode. But just to give you a little bit more, I'm going to, I'm hyping her up so much. I want to give you a little bit more background on who Vanessa is. So she owns um, a company called Moxie Nashville, and it's a consultancy It's a consultancy agency, and she helps companies and individuals with social media management and strategy. She also does clarity calls. She has an incredible business, and I had the opportunity of um, meeting her in Nashville and loved the change and the impact that she's making on businesses in the Nashville um, area and beyond. And she's also the co-host of the Entourage podcast, which is a podcast interviewing those in different industries who kind of shine behind the shadows. So it really goes into the behind the scenes of people's businesses and the way that they run. And Vanessa in general, she's just such a boss. She has taught me so much in the energy that she carries and the confidence that she has. And and it really makes sense that in today's episode, we would talk about hustle (laughs) because she has this infectious energy and ambition. And we talk through the different seasons of hustle, hustle culture, and how hustle culture in general can be really harmful. And then knowing yourself well enough to know when you might be in a season of hustle or in a season of grinding. And then we also dig into inner confidence and creating that sense of trust and security in yourself not just in business, of course, but in life. And this is really centered on her emotional growth, her spiritual growth, and what she's learned and how that's impacted her relationships. And so this is a really solid episode with my girl, Vanessa. If you resonate with this episode, please screenshot your podcast player, jump over to Instagram and tag me. I love continuing the conversation with you over there and love hearing what you're learning from each episode. It's been so cool seeing you tag me or even tag the guests of the show. You can definitely tag Vanessa at Vanessa Darby. 
as well. And it's really a great way for us to continue connecting and hearing what you're learning and what you're unlocking from each episode, because that's what this is all about. It's not just for uh, me and my and my close friends or even people that I don't necessarily know as well going really deep into conversation about different topics. This is also very much focused on you and your learning and unlocking things about yourself. So I love connecting with you over there. And then also if you're really vibing with the Deeper Life podcast and getting a lot of value out of it and it's unlocking a lot of emotional growth for you, it would mean the world to me if you would leave the Deeper Life podcast a review. Um, I love seeing and reading the different reviews and what people are learning from the show. And it also helps the podcast be more searchable in the podcast algorithm on Spotify and iTunes and all the different places that the podcast is. Those, uh, those reviews really, really help. So thank you so much for being a part of the Deeper Life community. And let's dive into today's episode with my dear friend, Vanessa Darby. Hello, friends. Welcome back to another episode of Deeper Life. Alexis here, and I am with one of my dear friends, Vanessa Darby. And she is honestly, like, when I think of someone who is superwoman to me, it's definitely Vanessa because she does so much and she's so talented and makes impact on businesses, on people. And I I will hype her up all day long, but aside from who she is as a professional and in her career and the total badass that she is there, I also love her as a human. And I love the way that she sets boundaries and the way that she advocates for herself and other people. And so that's what this conversation is about, is not only about Vanessa and and her career and how powerful she is there, but also who she is as a person and the things that I've learned from her. um, And hopefully you learn from her today. So welcome, my friend. Oh, you know what? You can introduce me anytime, okay? (laughs) Well, thank you so much for having me. I'm looking forward to this conversation Um, and just super blessed by your many talents and and your continual evolution and the ability to reinvent yourself. That's not easy. So thanks for having me. Thank you. Thank you, friend. And for a little bit of context, we've known each other for three Three, years. Three, I think three, yeah. Three years, yeah. Mm -hmm. And... um. Vanessa lives in Nashville, which is where I, I used to live. And so mm-hmm. we get to hang out and get some coffee and have some co-working sessions mm-hmm. and all the things. Um, so I definitely miss you and seeing you in person. But Likewise. Guess- Chips and guac on deck next time, for sure. <laughs> a, little, a little bit of bar taco action. Yes. Yes. Just no heat, but yes. Yeah, no heat this time. We're going to have to avoid that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I wanted to have you on the show because you are someone who – I think exemplifies setting boundaries and advocacy for yourself and for other people. And something, especially in, in our society, in our culture, Mm -hmm. something that I think is tended to be glorified is like this hustle, like Mm -hmm. hustle, hustle, hustle. Don't take time to rest. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, uh, rest is for the week. And I would love for you to talk through like your experience with that hustle culture Mm -hmm. and how, how that like maybe there were seasons where you fed into that hustle culture mm-hmm. and then maybe like what you learned from it if you mm-hmm. think it's necessary yeah just that's a great place for us to kick off well hustle culture um i perpetuate hustle culture for a long time and the reason being is because i think that 
when we look at time and we look at, you know, just life in general, there's different seasons, right? So there's going to be seasons where you are hustling. You know, when I first started my business, I didn't really know, you know, what consulting was and like the language around consulting and stuff like that. I was hustling. I was making YouTube videos. I was doing tutorials. I was picking up clients that I knew I probably shouldn't have picked up in the first place. You know, so there are seasons um, typically around your early 20s, to be honest, I'm going to put some age around it. Um, where you are coming out the gate swinging, right? Because you do have all this energy. You don't have as many priorities. Um, and just your frame of reference for wisdom and how the world runs is not as enlarged, right? So, mm-hmm. yeah, I think that hustle culture, I don't say it's bad because I think it's kind of like the whole fight or flight response. Like there are seasons where your adrenaline is just pumping and you're running on pure grit and passion. And then there's other seasons where what you built in that time frame has allowed you to kind of coast and move more strategically. And so it's not as intense as it used to be because naturally you have more experience and you have more wisdom that you can make those decisions. They don't always have to be super rushed or super intense. Now you're making them from a place of experience. So I think that hustle culture has its place. It's just you as a person have to figure out where you are in life. And then Mm -hmm. if you can make it applicable at that time, do it but if you don't need to do it um then don't it's kind of like sprinting you know like don't nobody want to sprint forever <laughs> you know? so, i never want to so. I, 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 I know, i'm trying to give it you know give an analogy that maybe your listeners will respond to because i don't sprint but uh but even in sprinting it's like you don't go full out all the time you can't like right. you can't you, you and and so if you do it for short bursts, it's for short periods of time. But even when, when you're doing long distance, when playing a long game, you have to pace yourself. And so right. there are ebbs and flows, just like in life and in business and in working out. Like you have to know when to put the pedal to the metal and then when to pull back. Mm-hmm. And I think at the root of that and kind of what I'm hearing is you have to know yourself well enough to know how you can handle the hustle and like the grind. Mm-hmm. And you also, maybe you're someone, if you know yourself well enough, you don't operate well at that hustle capacity and you yeah. operate well and better um, like holistically at a slower yeah. pace. Yeah. But I think you have to know yourself before you can like get into that, right? I think that's the prerequisite that we don't talk about a lot. You know, like, especially when a lot of people are building personal brands. And the thing about personal brands is that it's personal, right? So it requires that you do your due diligence to know who you are because you're on display. And so if you don't know what's motivating that hustle, you know, because a lot of us are moving out of scarcity, right? So if you think that you have a limited amount of time to do something that's so finite, you're going to move in that way. You're going to move with that energy. But if you're like, the world is mine. Let me just chill until the opportunities that I know are for me come to me. Then it's just a matter of timing. And it's not about energy. Like like you said, you have to know yourself, but we don't take time to get to know ourselves more than we take time to get to know the process that everybody talks about. Right. So we're so focused on the grit. We haven't even focused on yourself. Right. <laughs> Guys, we're six minutes in and <laughs> what? <laughs> Anyways, just want to let you know that uh, we're six minutes in and Vanessa is always, you know, she's always dropping heat, but she's already <laughs> dropping heat on this <laughs> this conversation. Um, so you mentioned like this, there's this prerequisite of knowing yourself, but mm-hmm. when all we see, 
like from society, especially like in the entrepreneur world. But also if you aren't an entrepreneur, mm-hmm. there's this like path of should. Like mm-hmm. you go to college, you uh, get the degree, you mm-hmm. get the husband, you get the kids, you get the career. It's like boom, 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 boom. Yep. Mm-hmm. And it's like you feed into this path, whether that's that hustle path or whether mm-hmm. it's like the the checking boxes path. And yeah. like at what point do we – like stop and ever ask ourselves, is this even what I want? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's funny. So I own a consulting agency and it specializes in business strategy and, and social media management. And that's kind of the world that I came from. But I remember there was a point in my career as I was, and it was pretty early on, um, I started in the music industry. So I remember when I was kind of curating what I wanted people to see on the feed. And the way I did it, I was like, oh, it's like a puzzle. You know, like so I can put out, what I want people to know about this artist, this music, you know, this campaign I'm running. And so I realized that social media um, in of itself is like its own little world, right? So it's like the Sims game <laughs> where you can you yes. can build what you want to build. But that's also sometimes how people navigate through life, right? Mm-hmm. So it's it, once you realize that like it's like the Matrix or the Sims where you can really plug and chug and some people are playing a game at a different level than you are. Then you can say like, okay, let me assess this from a place of one, being on the same level, but two, is this even a game that I want to play, right? And so when you go to places like, you know, top cities like LA, New York, Atlanta, you know, even Chicago, like where there's a lot of people, everyone's trying to be somebody, you know, like when you go to those places, sometimes you get caught up and you realize like, oh, let me take a step back. And it's not, you have to know what's real life and what's not. I guess what I'm trying to say. And so once you make that decision for yourself that um, if I'm on stage or if I'm on social media or like sometimes it's literally a persona, like I'm not always on all the time, you know? Um, And I tell people all the time, I said, I I curate what I want you to see. You don't always see my bad days because you come to me for inspiration. So I do share some stuff, but I share at at the level that my audience is able to handle. So there's a responsibility that comes when you have any sort of platform, and I believe that we all do. You know, the responsibility to one, know yourself, but two, know your audience and what they're coming to you for and what they can handle from you. Um, Because a lot of us are bleeding on social media and don't take time to nurse our own wounds until it's too late. Yes. And, (laughs) oh my. Um, so, and I, I love that, that piece about the wounds because, um, and this is something that I know a lot of, a lot of really successful people who share a lot about their life, like personal Mm -hmm. life Mm -hmm. have spoken about this of like, teach from your scars, not Mm -hmm. from an open wound. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, I think there are times where that's applicable and times where it's not. Um, but it definitely goes into that. Like there's so many people like bleeding out on the internet. Um, Mm -hmm. and it, it can be a lot to, can be a lot to process. Um, and then, and you're taking in everyone else's vulnerability Mm -hmm. and, and not maybe recognizing your own or recognizing Mm -hmm. like where you're bleeding or like your, uh, your own wounds. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And especially for people that are our age, because we grew up with tech, you know what I mean? So like Mm -hmm. we are not only products of that environment, but we, 
we're in it when it was first coming out. We've learned on it. We've, we've accustomed our life to it. And then in Generation Z, they've never lived a life without technology. So whereas we can still remember phone books and checkbooks and stuff like that, you know, it's a little vague. <laughs> we can still remember things. Um, you know, they can't. Like some, some I teach at a, at a university and some of the students can't write in cursive. You know, and I'm like, is that a lost art? So I think, I think again, you had to put it in context. And context is super important because you have to understand where everybody's coming from in time. You know, whereas our parents, you know, experienced the Oklahoma City bombings. We experienced 9-11. Like, so there are these traumatic incidents that have happened throughout life that have really shaped our worldviews that we don't talk about often. And then you take that, those, those worldviews and you put it in the time frame of, um, of social media, it, it can get really difficult because we're not processing all these things. We're getting hit with so many images and so much content that we're not taking time to actually process what it's doing to us. And one thing that has helped me out tremendously, I think it was Pastor Michael Todd um, from Transformation Church. He said, "There's a first difference- off, thank you for telling me about him. Oh, you you, you shared yeah. him on your stories. You shared a video of oh, one of his I? sermons. Yeah, and Matthew yeah. and I watch him every Sunday now. Come He's on. like our pastor. Come on, Transformation Nation." <laughs> So thank you so much. Oh, absolutely. So one thing he said was, and I think it was him. I think it was him. My Bishop T. Jakes. It was one of them. But they said there's a difference between honesty and transparency. And so honesty is when somebody asks you a question that says, and you're just telling them the truth. Like if I ask you, hey, Alexis, do you have on a green shirt today? You're going to say, yeah, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Transparency is when you say something without anybody ever asking you, right? So a lot of times what people don't understand on social media is that a lot of us are honest, but we're not always transparent, you know? Mm -hmm. And so because we're not filtering these messages through those lenses, we're taking your social feed as face value. And sometimes you're taking people even in real life as face value when they're sharing a lot, but they're not really saying much. And I I, I realize that even in myself, like I share a lot of stuff on social media, but if you notice it's the same narrative, you know, I just, I weave in different examples again, because um, everyone can't handle everything and as it should, you know, my mom used to always say what goes on is how stays in this house when I was growing up. Right. So a lot of times we're, we're spreading family business <laughs> with people who aren't family. And so then you open yourself up to judgment and critique that's unsolicited because you were transparent in a moment that you should have been honest. Mm. And how do you know the, when do you know the difference? Like, when do you know the difference between this is my opportunity to be honest and this is my opportunity to be transparent? Yeah, that's a good question. I think it goes back to knowing yourself, you know, Mm -hmm. and knowing what you can handle because you may think something is healed and you're actually, you're picking at the scab because Mm -hmm. you thought it was a scar, but it's not. Yes. And so it's up to each individual person to know what's a scar, what's a scab and what's an open wound. And that's something that people can't tell you. You have to know that for yourself. So if you're in a place of sharing and vulnerability, to where it doesn't hurt you to share, um, then I'll say, you know, go ahead and share it. And a professor of mine, Dr. Jennifer Robin, she's an associate dean at Bradley University. She was my first leadership professor, just got me all interested in organizational leadership and org science and org behavior and all of that. She has this quote that she always says, and she says, if you're in pain, then leave. But if you're just being stretched, then stay. And Ooh. I know it's, it's deep, right? It's- <laughs> 
So a lot yeah. of a lot of times we don't know our pain points to decipher if I'm in pain or if I'm just being stretched. And so I, I for her, when she told me that I was using it in the context of a job because I wanted to quit, I was just wanting to quit because I was uncomfortable. But it wasn't painful. I was just growing. You know? Yes. Mm-hmm. I, I can relate that even to my experience of just quitting my full-time job. Mm-hmm. There were a lot of times where I wanted to leave because I was stre- was being stretched. Mm-hmm. And I had mm-hmm. to I had to dig in and say, is this uncomfortability coming from a place where I should be growing? Like right. I, I have an opportunity to still grow. Is there something being left on the table for mm-hmm. me to grow because I'm being stretched? Mm-hmm. Or is it now towards the end, it was painful mm-hmm. not to be my own creator. It was painful yeah. not to be like running my own business full time yep. and being able to tell the difference. So I, one of the things I love and respect about you so much is how well you know who Vanessa is. Like you are so, I mean, there are, I can honestly say there are only a few people in my life and in my community that I can point to them and be like, yeah, they know themselves. Mm. That like they like really, really know who they are. And you are one of those people for me. And like, how? Thank you. Is it, obviously it's not a box that you check. I know that. Um, <laughs> it's, a, it's a practice. But yeah. like, where did that come from? And um, was there a moment, a situation, a season where mm. you really became like enlightened and you were really digging into like, this is who I am mm-hmm. because you speak with such, um, confidence and trust in yourself and it, it seeps into the way that you make decisions, the way you make choices, how you set boundaries, who you spend your time with. Um, and I just think that people can really learn from that. Well, thank you. That's that's a really big compliment. Um, first and foremost, I would say it came from my faith, right? Mm-hmm. So um, if you don't believe that, and I believe in God, I'm a Christian. If you don't believe that God put a purpose inside of you that only you can fulfill, I believe that you will knee jerk into anything and acquiesce into anybody just because the opportunity is there. Right. Mm -hmm. And so I remember when and I was very much so on on the path to um, growing in the music industry. That's all I I ever wanted to do was work in the music industry. And it was the third day at a major record label that I was working at. And I I (laughs) I walked in like, yeah, this ain't it. (laughs) And I was so it it shocked me. Like it shocked me because I I was like, oh, I'm gonna retire from this place and work my way up, climb the ladder. And like and the people were great. Like I had a nice office on the top floor as a you know, as like entry level, you know what I mean? And I I remember like, but I just signed this year-long lease though. (laughs) You know, and so I had that moment with myself, like, this isn't it, but this is all that I planned for. So Mm. for me, that's where it really started with everything that I thought I knew didn't fulfill me, but I was kind of stuck. And I was like, ooh, I don't want to ever be stuck again. And so that kind of started the process of being able to reinvent myself however I want to. But Mm -hmm. the underlying current is that it's all purposeful, you know? And so a lot of times people ask me, how are you doing all these things? And how do you teach this at at a college level? And then you have your own program and then you have, like, people see that. But a lot of times it's because it's an extension of me. So the more I learn about myself, the more I learn about my purpose and who I'm here to impact, the 
easier it is to flow into different arenas and bring your whole self there. And so before I started my business, I worked at a gym. I worked at the gym at, at five in the morning. I'd have to get up at 3.30 and go to the gym and open up the doors and I spoke to so many people and I didn't like doing it, but I needed my mornings to be open for um, for client work. I didn't like doing it, but I knew it could pay some money until I got off the ground. And I talked to so many people at five o'clock in the morning because no one makes you come to the gym. No one makes you come and work on yourself. So when you're around people who want to better themselves, it rubs off on you. And I had been at my former job for so long that I forgot that element of myself. So I believe that God allowed me to work at the gym so I could meet people again and be around people again that loved working on themselves and bettering themselves. And so that's naturally the people that I'm, that I'm drawn to in work and in life, you know, mm-hmm. um, people that really want to take themselves to the next level and fulfill their purpose and, and do all of that. So that, that time at the gym um, really allowed for me to remember who I was and remember mm-hmm. what I was here for. And it, it wasn't glamorous, you know, like I made coffee and scanned Scantrons or scanned uh, barcodes. Like it wasn't glamorous or anything like that, but it was me coming back to being an extrovert and me coming back to wanting to, and that's people that tell you their whole lives. Like I know people's grandkids were in college. I'm helping them with dorm lists and the people, <laughs> you know, and so you get to know people and talk to people. And then also um, it's reiterated that life really isn't about you. You know, and so I believe that all of us are here to serve in some capacity, you know, and we do that through our gifts and through helping others and all of that. But there's so much fulfillment that comes when you see people work on themselves and get better and that you were a part of that change. Mm. And so seeing people coming through the, the gym doors day after day, just trying and you smiling and saying, you're doing great. I see you scanning in. I see you coming every day. Keep up the good work. And I would hype people up. You know me. So yeah. I'm like, I see you, girl. You know? So um, <laughs> having people come back, like, looking slimmer. Look, their, you know, they're, they're getting more confident. And, and just because you're there. And so once I kind of honed in on that, you know, I have my own process that I went through. And I know it's a long answer to a short question. But I think it takes a lot to get to know yourself. And then to get to know yourself in the context of helping others, because it's not an ego thing. You like in order for you to help others to your best capacity, you have to make sure that you are at your best. And so mm-hmm. a lot of times I was serving at a place out of a deficit. And so I was serving and, you know, tired or I was serving empty. And it's like, no, we got to fix that, too. So the confidence that you see is, is from me just taking time for myself and realizing and not rushing myself and giving myself some grace, which is something I never used to do. It was all my self-talk was always like, let's get it again. Right. Seasons for that. But now it's like, okay, girl, go ahead and do your work. You know, you got to, you know, got to get this done, you know, but it's a little bit more graceful. And a lot of times we don't take time to, to challenge that self-talk and to challenge where that comes from and, and how, how that is shaping our everyday actions. Yeah, because so much of the way we judge ourselves or shame ourselves mm-hmm. goes into our actions and then how we feel about our work, how we feel about our life, our relationships. Like, yeah. it's so intertwined with itself. Mm-hmm. Um, and then if you, I think a lot of maybe even what you said was like it started with the awareness. Mm-hmm. Like, before you were able to take action, there had to be awareness there to recognize, like, I'm not living in alignment with what I want. 
Yeah. Yeah. And, and a lot of times people, and I would even push a step further from awareness, there was resistance, you mm. know, or in the psychology world, cognitive dissonance. So there was a yeah. mismatch between who I thought I was in my head and who I was in real life. And I was like, hmm, something, something's off. I don't know what it is, but something's off. So then it becomes an Inspector Gadget game of what's off. <laughs> and you got to find it. You got to find And a lot of times because we don't work through our own issues, our own trauma or whatever, you know, we'll just go on knowing that there's resistance, you know, um, in, the, in the underlying current. And so that's the real work that a lot of people don't want to do because it's very uncomfortable. It's challenging your own beliefs and challenging your your previous desires and and seeing, is this really what I want? But mm-hmm. it, it's very hard to do. You know, it's very hard to do. But, and here's what my sister told me. My sister is a psychologist. Um, and she said, the human will is such that you will do whatever you have to do to survive. Right? So all things being equal, if I took the risk out the way of failing or whatever, I'm going to, as a person, I'm going to do whatever I have to do to survive. Physically, we're set up that way. Right. So the whole fight or flight response, the adrenaline rush, we will do whatever we have to do to survive. So, OK, knowing that I'm going to survive. Right. Because I'm not I'm not going to die. <laughs> but what can what can I actually do? And then it becomes a world of possibility versus a world of limitation of this is the only thing I can do. Now it's like, no, nope, I'm going to survive. Let me t- let me take the the but did you die, though, out of this? You know, <laughs> I'm going to survive. Okay, how do I move from surviving to thriving? And what steps Mm -hmm. do I have to take in order to do that? So um, a lot of times just literally asking yourself questions and challenging what you thought was success, what you thought uh, would make you happy, who's around you, you know, Um, and you just challenge and you can journal it out. You can box it out. You know, you can see a therapist. You can go to church. I'm an advocate for all that. You know what I mean? Um, Because you have to take the time to get to know yourself, especially if you're an entrepreneur, especially if you're if you have influence because you're impacting other people. And again, going back to what we talked about before, if you don't stitch up your own wounds, you're going to bleed on others. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. So many good things. So many good things. I feel like I, I'm going to listen back to this and just be taking notes the entire time. <laughs> um, so many good quotes and, and nuggets in there. Um, you mentioned like the surviving piece. Yeah. And I think a lot of our behavior, um, especially in like early trauma, whenever mm-hmm. you're a child or like you, you, you know, you're not fully developed, your, your brain yeah. is still figuring itself out and mm-hmm. you're processing feelings for the first time. Um, a lot of times our behavior was created out of survival Mm-hmm. Um, from a traumatic experience or, um, you know, whether that be socially, like you're socially surviving. And so you learn how to act a certain way. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's, there's something that, um, my therapist told me that she was noticing this trend in me and she said, you don't, you don't have to survive it anymore. You already did. You already survived that 10 years mm-hmm. ago. Mm-hmm. And so as much as I understand where this came from, right. you can let, you can let this go. Mm-hmm. Because you developed this out of a survival need mm-hmm. and it served you well then because yeah. you needed it too. Yeah. And now you can let that go. And that just like released me of some of my inner self-talk as well mm-hmm. as, as the way I was even showing up externally mm-hmm. as like being defensive, you know, yeah. and needing yeah. to have control. Yeah. 
Yeah. Um, and she said, you, you built that out of survival and you can mm-hmm. let that go now. And yeah. I, it was just very freeing to recognize like the seasons of life where um, we, we created thoughts or behaviors out of like maybe traumatic survival. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when you're on the other side of that and you're trying to heal, mm-hmm. um, you also, when you're stitching up those wounds, you also have to like go back internally into your internal process and your external process yeah. and be like, what do I need to let go of too uh, that I built out of this necessary survival uh, season? Yeah, no, that's super good. I remember when my one of my friends was going through something and I realized in their talk, because let me, let me first say this. When you say stuff out loud, and I believe that there's power in your words. When you say stuff out loud, it sounds different than when it sounds in your head, right? So a lot of times saying it out loud or writing it down will demagnify the way it is in your head. And so they were saying stuff, and they sounded very, very childlike, very, um, and, and and the thing is, you don't blame children because their, their, their view is only so much, you know, like they can only really internalize so much, you know, they're still processing emotions and feelings. And so... I told them, I said, I need you to be the adult that you didn't have when you were that age. And I need you to go back and rescue yourself because the seven-year-old, this eight-year-old is showing up in your adult life. And a lot of times what we're seeing is these temper tantrums <laughs> that are just coming out in our adult life. And we don't know like where the outbursts, where did the outbursts come from? And I remember when I was in college and I was a leader in an organization and I would just let stuff build up and build up, mm. build up, and then, and then one day I would just explode, and it would happen, like, every quarter, like, it wasn't a big thing, and I remember one time, uh, one of my friends was like, and that's why you let everything build up, and you don't say nothing, I said, whoa, 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 where did that come from, I was like, no, I don't, you know, just, like, straight denial, right, and we're going at it, we're going at it, and like, yeah, you always let stuff build up, and you don't say anything, and then when it happens, you just blow up, and you, it's a blow up for the last five months, and I was like, is it? You know, and that's why it's good to have people around you that can read you, right? But can, but also can say it out of love, like, hey, check yourself. You know, so so sometimes when we are, um, and I'm sure that's why your therapist said, like, you know, feel free to release that. Because you build things up when you're younger to help you get through, right? So when you're in middle school, there are different things, you know, when you're in high school, when you're in college, there's certain behaviors that you exhibit that could just be for social acceptance. But when you're an adult you got to process that. <laughs> like you, you got, and, and there's nothing wrong with challenging where the source of that is coming from. You know, mm-hmm. sometimes it's coming from the mindset of, um, you know, only have like, maybe you didn't have a lot of money growing up, you know, so everything you buy is cheap, <laughs> like, or, or you hold on to money so tightly, or you put a lot of power in money, whereas someone who grew up with money, being an abundance in their household, they're not worried about spending or something like that. And so mm-hmm. you'd say these two people are getting married. Like that's huge, right? So mm-hmm. that could be two different ways that you raise children and two different ways that you run your household and two different ways that you do your savings. Like all those things matter. But again, you know, if you're feeling a little bit of resistance, um, I would definitely, definitely challenge that. And just to see where you first felt that feeling. And if there's still some residue left over from when that happened and it's okay if it is yeah yeah let's let's talk through um 
when you're feeling resistance or let's say you're triggered by um, a, an experience that was really difficult or even traumatic, mm-hmm. um, how – so I, I, I feel like – and this is kind of a blanket statement, so I am recognizing that. But I feel like our society looks at emotion and expressing emotion as weakness mm-hmm. and like, like, oh, you know, keep that to yourself um mm-hmm. or don't don't talk about it yeah. you know don't don't like yeah. feel that don't act um too. yes yes mm-hmm. and so um when you are trying to process and and you are releasing things and you are sewing up wounds mm-hmm. how have you um seen your those experiences as a, a source of strength and bravery mm-hmm. and courage mm-hmm. instead of like oh i'm so weak can't believe I'm still dealing with this, you know, like that inner self-talk of like, Mm -hmm. can't tell anyone about it. And I, I, I shouldn't still be feeling this. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I have those moments too, though. You know, and I think, I think recognizing that that's okay to have those moments. And Mm -hmm. because I work in marketing, I also, when we talk about the world and just like how they perceive us and how you should be air quote, we always have to, again, put it in context. So when we just look at capitalism as a whole, marketing was built off of the backs of you need this and if you don't have this product or service you're you're going to be deficient in some way right now the narrative has changed but we can go back to Rockefeller and we can go back to Carnegie and Vanderbilt like if you don't have electricity in your household if you don't have oil like all these different things right so again put that in context that people are literally in fun fact I study behavior right so you literally have to play off of people's behavior and have and know a little bit of psychology to do, to do really good marketing. And that's right. just a fact. Um, so recognize that you that you still have those moments, even if you feel like you're healed and you're and you're moved on because we're human. You know, mm-hmm. and I, I think when you aren't connected with yourself, um, it can be a little difficult. And one of my good, good friends, she is an executive coach and she owns a company called The Coaching Factory in Los Angeles. And she asked me, her name is Chelsea Hayes, and she asked me, how are you feeling physically? How are you feeling emotionally? How are you feeling mentally? And how are you feeling spiritually? And a lot of times we don't think that those are interconnected, but they are. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so when one of them is off, it's going to have a ripple effect everywhere else. Right. <laughs> right. And so right. We're, we're thinking if we're going to be in the gym at 4 a.m., but we, uh, <laughs> but we're mentally exhausted that that's not going to have an impact on how we show up. We're crazy, right? Mm-hmm. So sometimes it's 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 me knowing that okay something's off, but two is recognizing that it's a process. Like this entire world is is almost cyclical. Like there's nothing mo- new under the sun. Like so, like like your therapist said, you you already survived that. You know, you've been in this place before. Like, we don't have too many new feelings or new emotions, you know? Like, although the, the right. DSM-5 is pretty thick, but it's, it's all a subsidiary of, of something else. So there's not like, oh, I can feel sad. I can feel mad. I can feel happy. You know, like, there's not too many things that aren't a synonym of each other. So if you can kind of narrow that down to, okay, I'm feeling this way. Like, why am I shaming myself? Oh, it's because I think that if I'm in the public eye or if I have some sort of audience that I shouldn't be dealing with that. Okay, well, who told you that? Well, me. Okay, well, can I change that narrative? Well, yeah. Okay, so let's change the narrative, right? So you literally have to walk yourself almost in a childlike way 
walk yourself through with just simple questions. Keep it very simple. Um, and then realize that the world doesn't dictate how you should feel or should respond. Because if you go off of what should you should feel or the way you should feel, then you may not actually heal. <laughs> you know, so for the sake of your own healing and for the sake of your own sanity and, you know, give yourself some time and give yourself some grace and do what you have to do to make sure that you're your best self, knowing that that will have an impact in everywhere you go. Mm -hmm. And um, life and business and career and relationships and health, everything's connected. Everything. And I think whenever I was younger, even in my early twenties, I had such a separation, like mm -hmm. in my head, yeah. they had their categories. Really? They were all categorized and, you know, this mm -hmm. belongs there and this belongs here. And, you know, mm -hmm. these things don't cross and they're not connected, mm -hmm. but that wasn't true at all. And the, I even think who we are now is deeply connected to who we used to be, the things mm -hmm. that, that impacted us. Like to think that an emotion or a situation or a behavior is isolated Right. is not taking a step back and looking at the whole picture and being like, oh, I'm really connecting the dots here and seeing how this is 100% related to something <laughs> that happened yeah. you know, last week or five years ago. Mm -hmm. um, we've been talking a lot about healing and like knowing yourself. And mm -hmm. I know that in the past couple of years, you know, you were and still are building a very successful business and mm -hmm. had a lot of clients and a lot of moving parts. Mm -hmm. And I want to know what you were learning about yourself and even um, in the rest and what was coming for you physically, how you were mm -hmm. feeling during that, you know, that season of business building and hustle. Yeah. Um, one thing I learned about me is that I didn't give myself enough credit. You know, I think I think that a lot of times, especially when you are I'm type A and type B. So I love spreadsheets just as much as I love Photoshop. Right. So um, when you're in the analytical world, you know, you think that you need a lot of certifications and, and degrees and stuff like that. And I love learning. Right. So I would always equate my ability to whatever status I had at the time. Mm -hmm. When you're in the creative world, if you don't get people to applaud what you're doing, then you don't think that that's successful. Right. So you're you're balancing those two things. And what I realized was that I'm dope, period. Like, I don't need a hand clap and I don't need 511 degrees. Now, if I want to go back and get one <laughs> official number, right? 511. If I want to go back, and, if I want to go back and get one, cool. But I don't need it to validate who I am. And so I was relying on a lot of my past lens to validate who I was. Um, mm -hmm. and that, that honestly comes from being stripped. So when I started my business, I had moved from, um, to Nashville, I think probably two years at the time. So I was still learning friends and learning places and everything. I wasn't really solidified in my own just world. You know, like I still need a GPS to get around the city and, you know, all these different stuff. And so, um, especially coming from Illinois, where I spent a lot of my time after high school and in college, I was a big fish in a small pond, so I could pick up the phone and make anything happen. Um, and my sister was there as well, and my parents were there. So, you know, we get between the four of us, what you need, we can get it done. Um, but then <laughs> moving, that changed, and I was like, oh, okay, well, this this hurts. I actually have to learn and sit. So, um, one thing that I did is that I two things. One, I put my awards away because I didn't want to think that I was relying on my past lens to get me to a place I had never been before, right? So I had to 
fully like rely like God is me and you like it's faith or nothing uh, so I put my awards away um, but I also have quotes from I save all like my add a girl emails um, or even just nice notes that people have sent me and I have them in like a little Ziploc bag when I was in college and I kept them and so there are certain times where you have to be reminded of who you are right because you're going through again it's scary when you do something you've never done before you know um and so I will go through and read what others have said about me from people that I've trusted um because I was becoming somebody I've never seen before and when you're when you're being stripped of the old you and trying to build this new you along with your business, along with clients, like it's hard. It takes every part of you. And so I, I let go of who I was and I was reminded of who I am at the core. Cause like you said, it's not, once you're a child, like you kind of figure out the personality traits and all of that. Um, I was reminded of who I am. And I, I told myself, if this doesn't work, you can go get a job. And that was the worst case scenario for me. I said, well, if getting a job is the worst case scenario, I'm fine with it. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. that's not a bad alternative because now I got a master's degree. So I'm good. <laughs> you know, yeah. so, um, yeah, so you you have to surround yourself uh, with people who know you, who, who can feed into you in that moment. Um, because especially during that time, not a lot of people can talk at the level of, of which you need to be fed. Right. So like yeah. a lot of people can't sow into your spirit during that time. And you have to recognize that. And so there were times where I wasn't answering the phone as much. And, you know, I just I had to get back to who I knew I was and who I was called to be. And that gap looked really scary. But I said, you know, I'll be okay. And you have to keep talking to yourself. So during those early stages, it was definitely and I, and I, I will say this, too. I had some friends pop up that were very I was very surprised that they lent their support so when you when you let go of things you allow room for other people and opportunities to come your way that probably wouldn't have come your way if you were as closed-minded as you were when you first started which I was I was very close-minded so right I can relate to the Mm -hmm. big fish in a small pond like and your parents and your, like, I, I mean, I came from that. I came from a, I think a County of like 40,000 people, very small mm-hmm. town. Um, that's the whole County, like very, very small area. Alone. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, um, you know, I, I, when I moved to Nashville, I had to strip away who I was. I had, I had to strip away the woman that I had learned to become, um, had learned out of survival, the way that I talked to myself, the way that I treated other people, the way that I judged anything, like absolutely everything. And I, and I, um, even like my faith, um, Mm -hmm. in high school, I had some really difficult, um, things to overcome and I didn't go to church at all in college. Mm-hmm. For for four years, I didn't go to church and I didn't really feed into my faith. Mm-hmm. And when I moved to Nashville, I had to make a decision. I had mm-hmm. to say like, okay, no parents, right. no rap sheet of right. awards and success, no degrees. Like this is just me in this house, in this city where I don't know anyone. Mm-hmm. Who is it that I know that I am? Mm-hmm. And what is important to me, and so that's like actually what led me back to to my faith, and mm-hmm. and actually choosing to have a relationship with Jesus mm-hmm. on my own mm-hmm. that that wasn't influenced by anyone else, mm-hmm. as well as um, 
learning things I didn't agree with mm-hmm. and being like, I have to let that go. I, that's actually not, that's not one of my values. And I don't mm-hmm. think that that's true. And mm-hmm. that's not my truth. And I want to behave in a way that um, is true for me and that mm-hmm. loves all people. And it's just, it's interesting um, when I interact with people who have never done that mm-hmm. ever mm-hmm. Um, and are struggling and they know that they want to do it. Mm-hmm. And they're scared to mm-hmm. let go of friendships. Mm-hmm. They're scared to put distance even between them and their family if that's needed. Mm-hmm. Um, they're scared to quit their job. They're they're like there's a lot of fear and judgment mm-hmm. holding um, people back, and I can relate to that a lot mm-hmm. as well. How would you like when you are interacting with a friend or someone who feels this like reckoning? They like they know that there needs reckoning to. Is such a good word. <laughs> This reckoning, <laughs> this revival, this reckoning. Right. Um, how do you how do you talk them through that? Or like, what would you, your advice be for someone who has the awareness and they're feeling their resistance, mm-hmm. but there's like fear and judgment keeping them from actually taking those steps? Yeah, um, I, I think it's kind of the same what I mentioned earlier. Keeping the steps really simple. Question where that's coming from. Question where you first start to feel that resistance. Question where you first got that belief. Question where you first, you know, question everything. Ask yourself questions. And a lot of times we don't ask questions for of ourselves. We don't ask questions of our partners. We don't ask questions of our friends. And so we create these pseudo boundaries and these pseudo relationships that aren't really built on anything strong, you know? And so when... Um, you know, the circumstance or the event pulls your friendship apart or your relationship apart, you're like, well, what, what was the foundation anyway, right? So um, if, if you're having that, that moment, trust yourself enough to question why you're having that. And it, when it comes mm-hmm. to faith, you know, I'm a preacher's kid, but I had to find my faith for myself. I had to find Jesus for myself. And it was a very similar thing. Like, I'm like, okay, <laughs> in church all the time you know what I mean <laughs> you know but and my mom was a probation officer growing up so I tell people I grew up with church and state okay so when <laughs> either I was going to be crazy or going to the music industry I'm a little bit of both you know so I had to um one not ride the coattails of my parents faith and my parents relationship and my parents religion but actually understand like again that I have my own purpose and I have my own destiny to fulfill that's super amazing that um, because I am my parent's child or because I am my sister's sister, you know, because I was born in this body with this skin and this hair, that is something so unique to me. And that got me so excited that somebody would take enough time to form me the way I am and have me impact the world. And then the crazy thing too, is I started noticing the impact I had on people. And that scared me because I was like, whoa, what is this? <laughs> Wait a minute. Wait a minute. So a lot of times it, it when you are, when there's fear and, and there's resistance and when you're on the cusp of, you know, really shaking up where you came from, it's because where you're going requires that you question yourself. 
Mm-hmm. And so you have to, you, you build that requirement by being put in circumstances repeatedly until you learn a lesson. You put it, you get put in circumstances. I'm a little hard at it. That went around the same mountain a couple times, but um, <laughs> you know, you get put in the same situation. So if you find yourself in the same situation over and over again, um, ask yourself like, okay, what didn't I learn? You know, like, why do I keep failing this test? And mm-hmm. um and so that starts the, the bigger conversation, right? Of like, okay, what are we really talking about? Again, go back to Inspector Gadget. What's the root? You know, why, why, what, what's the problem or what anger have I built up or what did I associate as a child as a problem with something, right? Because I know a lot of PKs, they don't like the church because it took their parents away. Well, it wasn't the church. It was your parents' behavior, your parents' decision that did that. And also too, Realize that your parents, your grandparents, your teachers that reared you when you were younger, whomever, they didn't always have all the information that we have now. There was no Google back then. Okay, so a lot of times they were going off of what they know or what they knew or what they were taught. And so now a lot of things that we're questioning especially like I'm a, you know, my church is Pentecostal. Okay. So lots of that we do. And I love my church. I'm like, Lord, <laughs> you know, like a lot of stuff we do is very cultural. Right. And mm-hmm. so sometimes you have to, sometimes you have to separate what's just my culture. What's just something that, you know, is a learned behavior and what's mm-hmm. something that's actually about a relationship with Jesus. What's something that's just religion versus relationship, like all these different questions. Um, and then you're able to take people how they are. You know, because you recognize that they're just different and you're different and they have biases and you have biases and they have preferences and you have preferences. And so when you can come to that conclusion for yourself, it brings a new level of respect. Doesn't mean that you just tolerate everything, but that you can have respect from a human to human level and respect yourself enough to do that, to have your own beliefs and your own systems that you work within. And then you respect other people to do that as well. Um mm-hmm. But yeah, it's, it's, again, context matters and questioning yourself matters. Yeah. And that's on empathy and compassion. Mm-hmm. Like that's empathy and compassion yeah. practiced and lived out. Yeah. Um, it's hard. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, if anyone thinks that living a deeper life, being vulnerable, being connected to yourself, having respect and empathy and compassion for yourself and all people is easy. It ain't but a week, baby. it's not because as much as I would much rather much rather do what I want to do say what I want to say go where I want to go and just bulldoze over everybody because it's easier for me right Mm -hmm. like it's it's a challenge to say maybe they're having a bad day you know what I mean it's it's a challenge to do that Um, and I just wrapped up an internship program with my business and it was so funny because even just being, you know, a few years apart, which I think is a few years, I probably think it's dog years, but being a few years apart and just seeing how their brain works, you know, I'm just like, oh, okay, I get why my first boss let me do that. Oh, I, I get why they let me do that at the internship. Like, you start to understand people so much more because now you're in a position to teach and help. Mm-hmm. So I would also ask people who I am over, I believe in 360 degree evaluation so ask people that are under you what like their work what it's like working with you ask people that are your peers what's it like to be around you ask people that are that you're that you're a direct report to how you perform and get a holistic view of yourself (laughs) like 
yeah. in work and in life too. Like asking exactly. trusted friends, asking your partner. Trusted. Yeah. Keyword trusted, trusted. healthy, <laughs> healthy relationships. Uh, please do not ask someone's opinion of you that you do not trust or think is a healthy or that's friendship. Je- or that's jealous of you. Very true. Yeah. Or that's jealous or yeah, that is very true as well. Cause I, um, I think something that I learned, especially in the last five years is discerning who is for me Mm. and when they are giving me advice or, I mean, I, I allowed people to speak into my life who were not for me Mm. and they wanted to keep me in my place. They wanted to use my age, my experience against me. Mm-hmm. And I let that work for far too long. Mm-hmm. And um, I had to unravel. Mm-hmm. I had to unravel that. And I had to put it in its place mm-hmm. where it belonged, mm-hmm. which was that wasn't a trusted confidant. Mm-hmm. And I need to release mm-hmm. that that like narrative mm-hmm. of you're too young. Mm-hmm. You don't have enough experience. You blah, 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 blah whatever, fill in the blank. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, it, it took a while for me to realize how much that was actually getting in my head. Mm-hmm. And um, it was getting in my, I was getting in my own way because I let other people's words or other people's narratives over me yeah. um, steer me in a direction that was not for me at all. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's a lot. <laughs> So you said the word unraveling, which I believe is a beautiful word, um, because when you start to take apart the perceptions that others have placed on you, mm-hmm. you realize how much your behavior has been shaped by what's echoing in your head, you know? Um, mm-hmm. And so people people have said plenty of stuff to me, plenty of stuff to me that to the point to where I didn't want to put my face on my own website. Because I was like, okay, was that going to limit me? You know, what did they know? Like, they, they, the term, you know, they can tell my age and stuff like that. Like, so my designer, I remember my designer called me. This is why it's good to have people around you who know who you are. My designer called me like, Vanessa, what is up? Like, we've built many a websites before. So why are you second guessing yourself? And when, again, going back to personal branding or when it's your business, your company, your face, oftentimes um, it's harder to make decisions because it's, it's, it's about you. And right. so I was going through the whole stripping process at the same time and starting a business, which is really hard. And so they were able to, they were able to say, Hey, snap out of it. Like, this is you, this is your business. You, you do this all the time. You've done it for other people. We've done it, you know, so all these different things. Um, and so that ha- was like another red flag. I was like, Hmm, let me look at the reason why I didn't want to put my, my face on my website. And what it was that someone had said something to me that made me question if I wanted to identify myself as the business owner. Um, soup, and it was like a, it was like one or two lines. Like it wasn't something that was deep. It was like a hmm, enough to plant a seed, right? And so what I didn't do was uproot it. I let it kind of grow. And so then it started popping up. As I say, you have little tipper tantrums. It'll pop up in the form of your website. It'll pop up in the form of your e-blast. It'll pop up in the form of your stationery. Like all these little things pop up. And the crazy thing was, as soon as I put my face on my website, me and my designer were like, that's it. Because when we know, we know. Okay. <laughs> but, but as soon as that happened, we're like, oh, that's it. Like you were the piece that was missing. And so you can't separate. You can't separate yourself from your work. And I mean, you can, but it'd probably be more painful to do it that way. 
But when you can fully show up authentically as yourself and be who you are, um, you help others and you empower others. But it's also so much easier to work from that place of authenticity than to work from who you thought you should be or who others planted a seed for you to be. Mm -hmm. And the same shows up in your friendships too. Um, When you start to change, your environment and your friends and your community and your family don't necessarily change. Right. So you're evolving and you're having these, (laughs) you know, you're having these these, um, revelations and you're changing and you're growing and you're proud of yourself and you're recognizing your growth and there's this like beautiful spirit energy happening inside of you mm-hmm. which sounds a little woo woo but like I'm serious like when you like start tapping into that you're mm-hmm. like oh mm-hmm. I feel so connected to myself I have this energy it is yeah. undeniable mm-hmm. it is mine mm-hmm. like this is very exciting to me yeah and then you go back to friendships back to family back mm-hmm. to your environment and they don't have that energy there for you. Yeah. Um, and then you've got to sometimes decide um, what needs to be left behind and what goes with you as you grow. Mm-hmm. And that can be really hard too. And it's it's not like <clears> – <throat> I don't mean this in a negative way in terms of just cutting people out of your life, even right. though sometimes that is necessary depending on like harmful behavior. Mm-hmm. Um, but you do sometimes have to realize like when um, – does it like when your community or when maybe a certain individual or a friendship does need to be, uh, maybe distance needs to be put in place? Yeah. Are you, are, am I, yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. I mean, this is growth, you know? So when you've yeah. out, when you've outgrown, similar to, you know, me trying to slide into a certain pair of jeans, like when you've outgrown something, huh? It doesn't fit. Okay. So, um, a lot of us are trying to slide into a pair of jeans or a pair of shoes that just don't fit no more. And it's okay. It's okay to still have them in your closet because you think you won't get back in them one day. But, you know, sometimes sometimes the people around you haven't had that opportunity, well, haven't taken that opportunity to find out who they are. And so the hardest part for you will be able to, not you, I'm saying you as a listener, but the hardest part is going back and not making them feel bad. Yes. Mm-hmm. Or judging them. Or judging them. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you just hold this neutral, like loving space for them, and mm-hmm. you pray over them and hope that, and you try to speak life into them. Um, but when it doesn't happen, it you know it, it's not your responsibility to make people understand your growth, who you are, um, and if yeah, and I've had a lot of questions uh, even with my own coaching clients about mm-hmm. this of mm-hmm. um, well, if, if people don't understand my vulnerability or. Or people don't understand like how I'm growing, and I'm like, that is not your responsibility not to yours. carry. Not yours. Like, yeah. And it's not it's not like a who cares sort of thing, but it kind of is, you know. Um, it's it's not your responsibility. It mm-hmm. really isn't. And and again, and it's it's a crazy thing though. The thing that when people are ready to do that work for themselves, they know who's the blueprint, right? So I've had people come to me. I get I get crazy calls, y'all, like from even friends and stuff like that. Like, hey, I'm dealing with this insert whatever major traumatic experiences, and you know, and I just can't sleep. Well, duh, like I know you can't sleep. Let's talk about it. You know, like let's get you some help. Let's get you some tools to really help you through this life. And because they seen me go through it, and it, it wasn't a huge transformation or anything that I went through. 
I just allowed myself grace and search for peace. And a lot of times people are running around here and they don't have peace. And that's really what it is. When you can lay your head down at night and you're happy with who you are, you're happy with the work you did that day, you're happy with how you treated yourself, no one can take that from you. No one can take that from you. But oftentimes we go to bed and there's like racing thoughts and stuff you didn't finish. And, you know, like a lot of things. And and I sleep very well at night. And I wish that for everybody. (laughs) I really do. Because I know what it's like to wake up at three o'clock in the morning and you're trying to, you know, you're going on your email. Especially if you're building something, don't ever be a slave to anything that you're building. Ever. And so I'm getting emotional. Oh no. <laughs> no, it's good. It's good. Yeah, like you you don't you, and that's one thing I always promise myself. Like it's one thing to be in corporate America and to be, you know, I don't say at the mercy in a negative way, but to be dictated by certain schedules and certain, you know, higher-ups and stuff like that, but when I left, I told myself, you will be you. You and this was my prayer. I said, God, and whatever I do, let my motives and my intentions be pure. Mm-hmm. I I remember praying that. Now, what that what that looked like, IRL, <laughs> was turning down money that wasn't the most um, integral. Something like that. Mm-hmm. Not all money is good money, right? Mm-hmm. Um, not working with people who would be problematic that I knew would be problematic, even though the money was there. Mm-hmm. Um. Not necessarily launching things when I wanted to launch them because I felt I felt some sort of issue with how it was launching, right? Instead of like pushing through and just doing it, no, let me listen to myself. Why this isn't feeling right? So oftentimes prayers like that, when you just want to be intentional, when you want to be um, integral, it requires that you don't do things the status quo way. It requires that. You you oftentimes <laughs> build a different blueprint for yourself, and it was like it's so many so many things. Like I would launch so many campaigns for clients and stuff like that that would go well, and then I would try to do my own business and it would fall flat. And I was like, what is the problem? Because I was trying to do it like them. That was their campaign, mm-hmm. even though I created it. It was still it wasn't for my business. It was for their business. So yeah. um so yeah, if it if you just can have peace in your life, you gonna be all right. Mm-hmm. You know, um, and so in order to do that, you may have to unearth some things and really dig deep and figure out, OK, this is the start. And just give yourself some time. Give yourself time. Give yourself grace. As the Instagram proverb says, be gentle with yourself. <laughs> You're doing the best that you can. And that's yeah. the thing, too. Like, and my parents used to always say this. If you did your best, we won't be mad. Mm-hmm. And so if you're doing your best. And even if your best air quote falls short, if you did your best, it's okay. That's, that's all you yeah. got. So you can't yeah. be mad at that. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, the word that keeps coming into my mind as we've been talking is capacity. Hmm. It's like capacity to have grace, capacity, like our work capacity, our emotional capacity, our health capacity, spiritual capacity. Like it's just everyone has different capacities in different seasons. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And you're, you're also going to hold a different capacity for yourself. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times our capacity 
is very much we hold a lot of space for other people and Mm -hmm. we don't hold enough space for ourselves Mm -hmm. and our own feelings and to process things. Mm -hmm. And yeah, it was just like a word that just kept circulating in my head. And I was like, that's kind of a, a, a theme from this conversation is just like the capacity that we hold for ourselves. Yeah. And also know that that, that capacity can change at any moment, you know? Right. But it, it may demand that you take up a little bit more space before it enlarges. Right. So sometimes mm-hmm. if you look at, if you think about it, a container, you know, of, of water, if you, or let's think about a tub, a tub of water. If your tub I is, love baths. <laughs> Epsom salt all day. Um, yeah. <laughs> but if, if you if you're trying to fit in, you're trying to fit your whole body into a container, it may not fit, right? It may the water may overflow. So you may need to get a tub so you can put your whole self in it and then still hold everything mm-hmm. else around you. The ability to transfer from a container to a tub is the work that we've been talking about. Right. So it's the challenging yourselves, the building of relationships, all those different things. But a lot of times we're trying to cram our whole body into a small container instead of just going to a different tub, you know. And so then we got stuff spilling all out and we we don't have as much water as we used to and splish splash trying to take a bath. And it's like if we just (laughs) moved over into a different container that's bigger, that can hold more, but that requires that our ourselves that requires that we're in it 100 percent. Right then we can fit everything. But oftentimes we're trying to fit everything in and it's too small. And so that can rec- that shell can be the person that we used to be, you know? And so it's like, we, we have to become bigger and enlarged when the time comes. And then you'll look up and you in an Olympic size swimming pool just because of the work that you allowed yourself to do. Mm. You know? That's a word, my friend. <laughs> That's a word. <laughs> oh, I have just loved this conversation with you. I I love you so much and your heart and your soul. And you spoke so much life into me and into this conversation. And I know into uh, today's listeners as well. I would love – I know that people are going to be like, how do I connect with Vanessa Darby? <laughs> so uh, can you share, um, you know, the different different things that you do as well as how people can connect with you? Yes, but again, before I do all that, again, thank you for having me and for sharing your space and your swimming pool with me. Of course. <laughs> um, so I am at Vanessa Darby, two N's, one S, the I and the A. I'm sure it'll be in the show notes. Um, on Instagram and Twitter and Facebook, um, you can go to VanessiaDarby.com. My site is under construction, but hopefully by the time this episode comes out, it will be done and be live. Um, and my business is called Moxie Nashville, MoxieNashville.com, also Moxie Nashville on Instagram. Um, like I mentioned before, it's a consulting agency specializing in business strategy and social media. So you can find me, just Google Vanessia Darby, something will pop up, I promise. <laughs> it will. And I will put all of that in the show notes as well. Um, so thankful for you and your voice and who you are and for our friendship. I'm the most thankful for our friendship. For real. Like we're friends in real life when the mics aren't I know. On. That's the cool part. That's the cool part. <laughs> it's the coolest part. Uh, well, thank you so much. I'm going to hit stop record and then we can, okay. we can keep talking. All right. <laughs>